welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. in part two of our Empowered series, and uh, next week is Pentecost Sunday, and I just want to let you know we intentionally picked it so that the series would end on that weekend, and uh, the church world will be celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I just thought I'd read exactly what we're celebrating. It's found in Acts chapter 2, and uh, this is the date we're celebrating next Sunday. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this is what we're celebrating next week on Pentecost Sunday. And uh, of course, from there, we know that the disciples walk out into the crowd. Peter preaches a message. 3,000 people get saved. I mean, that's a good message. You know what I'm saying? That's a good day. Good day, first day for the church. And anybody opposed to church growth? Well, they grew by 3,000 in one day. All right. So, you know, and they, so this is what we're celebrating. And um, I just want to say this. Let's pray for this this week. Let's pray and let's expect more for this week and every week but especially leading into Pentecost, man, let's pray and expect more and believe more of God's power, the Holy Spirit at work in our church. Um, As a church, we want you to know about this. We want you to experience this. We're unashamed that we're spirit-filled. And and I get people say like, well, you just seem so normal. And I I take that as a compliment, all right? (laughs) I do, I do. I've been in churches where that's not the norm, but we're spirit-filled and we're normal and we have the supernatural working in us and we absolutely love this. Uh, The power of the Holy Spirit is available for every single one of us. I want you to know that. And uh, we have the Holy Spirit retreat coming up on the 15th, so on June 15th, 8.30, at the Apple Valley campus and the Crosstown campus. Uh, We're having the Holy Spirit retreat. It's just at those two critical mass, drive there, go there, it's worth it. I'm gonna tell you this right now as your pastor, I'm giving you permission to make that church for the weekend, okay? Now don't skip out on nursery duty if you're scheduled, but please make, if you want to, make that your church for the weekend. It's that important for you to be there that you can say, I'm going to Saturday morning service with the Holy Spirit retreat and uh, be there. And you wonder, why do we have uh, Holy Spirit retreats and do it like that? Um, I will let you know at the end of any service, you could go up to a prayer team member and say, I desire this. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want this. I want the gifts to flow through me. I'd like a prayer language. Um, Now, but here's what we know. Today's day and age, people, their, their currency is their time. Many of you have come to church today and you predetermined how much time you're going to give church, all right? And you said, if the service goes late, 
Are we walking out one by one? Is it the trickle effect or are we going as a group? You know, I know you're doing that. I see you. You don't think I can see you. I can see at the campuses too. It's on video. I still can see you, you know. All right. Yeah. And so you're like, you're leaving. And then we're saying like, Terry at the altar, like pray for this. And you're like, man, we got to get to grandma's. We got to get to lunch. We got to get to, you know. And so you predetermine. So we want to have a day where you set aside, you say, there's nothing else going on. I'm hungry for this. I desire this. And I want to be there. All right. So please make that a priority. And then also come early to church and stay longer. Okay. Predetermined 10 minute buffer. All right. Every week. Uh, I, when I go on vacation and I go to church one time a weekend, I feel like I'm cheating. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm like, that's it? It's one hour? Why are people late? Why do they leave early? All right, enough of that. All right, all right. Now, last week, your CPs, your campus pastors should have been preaching and their sermon should have looked something like this. It should have been like uh, something about the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is, was for them. It was for me. And they should have shared their experience. If they didn't, they did a good job anyways, but it should have been for them. It was for those in the Bible. Joel talks about that, that God was going to pour out his spirit on the last days, in the last days on all flesh. And then Peter references that. So it was for them. Your campus pastor should have said it was for me. And you found out your campus pastor is baptized in the Holy Spirit for me. And then also they would have said it's for you. So it was for them. It was for me. It was for you. And I want to add one more. It was for them. It's for me. It's for you but let's go from here, for them, for that. What do I mean? I mean, Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses, to go into the world, for them. He wasn't like, I just wanna make your church super cool. I just wanna make your church really fun and unpredictable. I really, you know, I wanna make you sit on edge when you're there on the weekend, wondering what's gonna happen, who's gonna raise their hands. He say it was for them, it's for me, it's for you, but it's for them. It's to get people in the kingdom of God. It's to have that power, that supernatural power, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so that people can be brought into the kingdom of God. And I know some people say like, well, do I have to have this to get into heaven? And, and no, you don't, but why wouldn't you want what God wants you to have? Why wouldn't you wanna have more power for them? Why would you say, well, I'm good that I'm in and I, I don't want any more power to reach more people? I don't want any more power to expand the kingdom of God. I don't want any more power to push back darkness. I, I, just, I just am glad that I'm in. I want all the power I can get. One pastor in New York, he said, my own powerless, powerlessness has driven me to the Holy Spirit. And I agree with that. My own powerlessness says, I want as much as I can get in this world. I want as much of the power of God to make a difference for his glory. It was for them. It's for me. It's for you, for them. So we can get them into the kingdom of God and, and draw close, get them to draw close to the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm afraid in many churches, it's like Father, Son, and Holy Bible. How many know what I'm talking about? And we just forget about the Holy Spirit. We don't do that here. The early church, if you think about it, they didn't even have the Bible for like in its completed form for hundreds of years. So what did they do? They went out knowing who God the Father is and knowing what Jesus had done by the power of the Holy Spirit with the, with the gifts of the Spirit, building the church at an aggressive rate. Really, just an explosive rate that was going on. And we need to embrace the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. 
He's holy. He's set apart. He's pure. He's distinct. He's the Spirit. We say Holy Spirit at our church. Some people, if you're, I, I grew up, it was Holy Ghost, and that kind of scared me. You know, how many, I was like, Holy Ghost. And the preacher would say, Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, and I was like, wow. I don't, so we just say Holy Spirit, all right? All right. No King James, all right? Be clear, he's referred to as he, not it. And I know that sometimes we just don't understand, so we'll say it, I don't understand it. But it, 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 when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's he. He's all throughout the stories of the Bible. It's as if he's hidden in plain sight. And he's right there. And we see it from creation and all throughout the Bible. And the beauty of, of the Bible is it gives us symbols and it gives us metaphors to help us try to understand who the Holy Spirit is. Again, we're trying to get this better understanding. And my goal today is to give you a look to help you to better understand, to create a thirst and a hunger and a desire for more of the power of the Holy Spirit in our church. And again, I'm praying that if you've not been to the Holy Spirit retreat, you would flood those campuses. I mean, they have thousand seat capacity in each of them. So I'm just praying, we'll flood it, flood it, flood it. You say, well, we'd have to be at table. I don't, I, let's, let's do this. And I especially wanna pray if there's people that have had difficulty, um, I'm praying that you're gonna get a breakthrough. I'm gonna speak on that next week. I'm gonna talk about don't quench the spirit, okay? Don't grieve the spirit and don't block the spirit, okay? So I just am believing there's gonna be a breakthrough for people. Um, I want you to love more. I want you to open up more. I want you to be filled with the spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit, all right? And one of the symbols for the Holy Spirit, which I'm not gonna teach about, but it is one. I'm gonna hit real quick a couple of them and then camp on a few, um, is wine. It talks about new wine, all right? And uh, I gotta say this, uh, um, the Bible's very clear, don't get drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. And uh, I don't need the world's stimulants to move forward with boldness and excitement in my life. I just need more of the Holy Spirit, all right? And uh, yeah. Somebody that you don't need the world's stimulants, you need coffee. Okay, coffee and the Holy Spirit, all right? Sorry. All right. That was not one of the symbols that I'm gonna camp on that one. Another symbol that I won't, I'll just hit real quick is rain, rain. And, and there's so many symbols and I just have to focus on a few, but let me hit on this, there's rain. And, and the Holy Spirit is like quenching the thirst and, and in a dry time, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I just feel a prompting on this. Man, if you're dry, man, I pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on you. Man, I know what it's like when you're dry and you just feel like you're reading the word. It just feels like you're eating gravel. And you come to church and you're raising your hands and you just feel like there's no connection. I'm praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like rain on you to drench you and to flood your life. That's what I'm praying for. Sometimes when I'm preaching at the Apple Valley campus, the rain is so loud, like we have this metal roof and I can just hear it. And I'm like, I hope you can't hear that at the campus. And every time I hear it, I'm like, Holy Spirit, rain out and don't let me lose my focus, you know? So, you know, but I, I just pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our church, like rain, just helping dry people feel refreshed and hydrated again. Another thing is rivers. These are just quick. Um, in the Old Testament, it was as if the Holy Spirit was poured out in drops poured out in drops. Only the prophet, the priest, and the king would get a special anointing. It was like drops on special people. And in the New Testament, Jesus says it's like rivers of living water. Like it, it's for everyone. 
and, and Peter's saying, this is for every, we all get in on this. Like in the Old Testament, it was drops and it really meant a lot. And the, and the people were hydrated and the, it was amazing for them. But now it's rivers and it's flowing on us and we all get in on this and there's more than enough. And it's not only just rivers on you and in you, but flowing out of you meant, remember, it's for, out there for the world too. It's for that, we're like, we're having rivers flowing on them. I preached a sermon years ago about proximity, and I think about that often. I talked about, man, I pray that the presence of God is so strong on me that it's like secondhand smoke on people. They're getting a little Holy Spirit on them just by being around me, you know? Yeah. Another one is cloud. He's protecting. It's another symbol in the Old Testament, but I'll camp on just a couple of them. I might not have time. I might have to do this next week a little bit. First one is wind. Wind. The Holy Spirit is... The metaphor of wind, this symbol of wind in John 3, 8, it says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Acts 2, 2 talks about suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. There's, there's power, there's guidance, there's unpredictability, there's mystery there. I mean, some of us want to figure out all the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's like, no, you can't. You can't. Like, that's like saying, I want to figure everything out about wind. I want to predict the wind. How many of you can't predict the wind? You say, we're going sailing. No, there's no wind. We're not going sailing. You say, we're going water skiing. No, we're not. There's too much wind. There's, it's not calm enough. We're not going water. You can't predict the wind. You can't predict the Holy Spirit. There's a mystery to it. And the older I get, the more I like that. The more I like that there's a little unpredictability to the Holy Spirit. You don't fully understand everything about him, but you experience him. You experience him. And I, I, I think about this, like, man, I, I don't need to know all the details. When I'm in a dark room, I don't know, need to know all the details of electricity. Just tell me where the light switch is so I can experience the light. And some of you are like, I'm going to figure it all out. And as soon as I figure it all out, then I'm going to the Holy Spirit retreat. Man, just jump in. Find out where the light switch is. Let's go. All right? All right? Some of you are so analytical and you're tearing everything apart jump in. It's the, the, the Bible is giving us the example of the wind. And Max Alderman in his commentary says, in many ways, the wind is mysterious. The wind may be described easier than it can be explained. I, I can describe, but I can't explain. I can't control the Holy Spirit. I, I, he's mysterious. He's, he's compared like a violent wind. And even in the Old Testament, when you think about some of the things that we think are just natural wind, I believe in Exodus where the, the waters part and it said and a strong east wind came up. I don't think it was like the people were like looking to cross the Red Sea and they're like, well, good break, east wind. Blow. You know what I mean? I don't think that's what they were doing. I think it was the Spirit of God going through the water and opening up and the Holy Spirit was holding back. You see what I'm saying? So there's, the Holy Spirit is there. He's, he's powerful. He's unpredictable. I, I just, we, there's just no way we can miss this. I pray that God would have a, the wind of the Holy Spirit increase in our life. And I pray we'd increase our capacity for more of the Holy Spirit. I thought about this when I had chest surgery. I had major chest surgery when I was 11. They re rebuilt my chest. I was born with a caved in chest. I had to do this wind thing and I had to blow into the bottle and the air and it hurt like crazy. And they said, it's your lungs. We got to make sure the capacity stays up and got to increase that and keep you healthy. And, you know, and I just thought I, I, I want, I don't want bad lungs. I want to increase whatever I got to do. And I did everything they said. And I'm praying right now for anybody here, increase your spirit capacity, 
Increase your spirit capacity. Do the hard thing. Clear the schedule. Get to the retreat. Do whatever you have to. Increase your spirit capacity. The Holy Spirit is likened to wind so we can understand who he is a little bit better, but we can't figure him all the way out. Another one is oil. In the Old Testament, um, the prophet, priest, and king were anointed with oil, and they were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Remember I said it was like drops of water, you know? They were anointed, and so the prophet, priest, and king were the three people that would be anointed with oil, symbolizing the Holy Spirit, and then they would be filled. They would function in these gifts of the Spirit, which is interesting. In the Old Testament, pre-Pentecost, every gift was in operation except for tongues and interpretation. Think about that. There's nine gifts that are listed in the New Testament that are part of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every one of them was in operation in the Old Testament except for tongues and interpretation, which were new gifts that were added at Pentecost. And the prophet, priest, and king were selectively, they would, they would be anointed with oil and they would function in this and they would be able to function in these gifts because they had the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But again, it was for a select few and then it was now, it's for all of us. The Holy Spirit is for all of us, this power that is there. Also, um, in the New Testament, when it talks about being anointed with oil, the Bible talks of, if any of us are sick, we should come to the church and have the elders anoint us. Now, I want to let you know that we have commissioned our prayer teams as spiritual leaders in our church, okay? And they are going to anoint you with oil. And those prayer team members have been prayed, and we want them to anoint you with oil and pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, you know, I can just say this to prayer team members. When anybody comes up to pray with you, just you should be praying like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to them? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? You're listening, but you're also listening. You know what I'm saying? Here's what they're asking for, but here's what, okay? And you're anointing with oil. And, and it's, not, it's not crazy. We're not going to pour a bucket on you. You know, we're not going to ruin your clothes or whatever. You know, but I'll tell you what, if I was desperate enough, I'd say pour that whole thing. You know what I'm just saying? But, and I just, I'm going to give you a moment when we pray and, and the Bible says in James 5, 14, if is anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And so we anoint people with oil, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, that the power of the Holy Spirit, we want the Holy Spirit to manifest in your life and to bring healing in Jesus' name, okay? And, and many times we'll anoint people on the forehead or on the hand, whatever you ask for. And uh, just what I do, doesn't have to be done this way, I just always do it, I just do it in the sign of the cross. I just like, by the power of the cross, man, that you, Jesus, you paid for their healing. And so I, I, that's what I do, whether it's on their hand or on their forehead. You don't have to do that, prayer teams or people. It's just what I do because I'm just, I just, it's just what I'm reminded of, man, by the power of the cross, Jesus Christ paid for this healing. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we anoint this person with oil and we are expecting healing in Jesus' name. So it's, it's another thing for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is. Another one, uh, the dove, the dove, all right? The, the dove is, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He helps us to understand. The dove helps us to understand more about the Holy Spirit. And I'm not an expert on doves, but I know that doves are a clean bird. I know that doves are gentle. I know that they don't eat trash like a crow or, you know. Uh, I know that their sound is, how many know like a crow's sound is like, kind of irritating and a dove is like, I could go to sleep to that. You know what I'm saying? You know? And uh, if you were at our marriage night, how many remember that? Coo, 
cuckoo. Anyway, so, you know, all right. So, all right. But um, the dove, it's beautiful. The dove, which is interesting. When, when this was happening in Bible days, in Luke chapter 3, it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Isn't that interesting? And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So the Holy Spirit is poured out like a dove on Jesus. And so in that moment, Jesus is anointed. Jesus is spirit-filled. Jesus is now moving forward in his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. You wonder, how did Jesus do these things? The Bible talks about that he emptied himself and came to this earth. And then in this moment, the Holy Spirit fills him. And he starts moving forward. And you realize from this time forward, he starts moving and the miracles start happening in his life. And anything like other things that talk about as a child, he made an axe head float. Nope, nope, that's not in the Bible. At, he, he, at this point, he starts moving forward in the power of the Holy Spirit doing these things. So we think about it today, we can do things in the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Okay? Listen to this in Acts chapter 10, verse 37. It says, You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Okay? So he's saying, that's where it happened. Like, when he got baptized, he got baptized, and he got baptized with Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around then doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He, he was anointed. He was anointed in that moment and he starts serving. He starts uh, ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, are, we can be anointed and empowered in the power of the Holy Spirit to go and see these things operate in our life, to see the miraculous, to see healings, to see miracles that are taking place. It started there and it continued in his life. And, I, and, I, and as much as the dove is peaceful, right? I, I believe the dove is like a starting line. Like release the, like think of the dove being like, instead of like, oh, that's what I want. I want a dove church, you know, just peaceful and quiet. And like, we just want a dove church and we're just going to chill and all that. Instead of that, like release the doves and let's go. Let's race. Let's go do something for God's glory and for God's honor. But the dove helps us to understand there's peace. There's the starting. There's purity. These are things that are helping us to understand the Holy Spirit. Um, I think about this too. Uh, the, the next one is fire. Fire. I'm actually going to get through these today. The, the, the next one is fire. In Acts chapter 2, verse 3, it says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered them all. He said, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come at the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He didn't say he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and doves. It's Holy Spirit and fire. There's something there. And there's qualities that fire has that are power, that are also refining. So there's power in fire and there's a refining process. And if I could say this, there's, 
many of us like the power of the Holy Spirit, which we should, but we should also love the refining that the Holy Spirit does. We should say, I I want you to burn away the impurity in my life. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Somebody, you might hear somebody say, I had a check in my spirit. What does that mean? That means that they were moving forward and the Holy Spirit like put a pause on them or said, this isn't right. Or it's almost a spiritual pulling back. Don't do that. And you'll, you'll have that. The Holy Spirit will say, no, that's not for you anymore. You need to be refined in that. You need to have that taken out of your life. Let me burn that out of your life. Let me purify. It's like a foundry. And God's saying, this doesn't need to be there anymore. And that can go. There's a, a new song, and if I could say this to our worship team, um, they've been letting me preview some of the possible songs for our, our new CD. And, and I was praying, and I was having a devotion time, and I was listening to these new songs, and all of a sudden there's a song, and I can't remember what, what the name of it is, but there's a, they say, holy, holy, holy in the song. And as I'm walking, I'm just praying, and all the other songs are really good too, but all of a sudden, this one stopped me, and I just stopped. And I recognized, like, I don't say holy to anything else on earth. Like, it's just God. Like, that's holy. And I was like, I just stopped. And there was just something about that word. There's something about a purity. There's something about holiness of God, the Holy Spirit refining and moving me and shaping me and getting rid of things that don't matter and moving me to be more like his image, you know? And, 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 and I, if I could just say to the team, like, man, work that one, perfect it, like, Put it on the CD, you know, now they're all interested. All right, yeah. But there's something about that word. There's something about that word. Do you realize that the seraphim that are in heaven right now, right now, in heaven, seraphim means burning ones. They're on fire right now in heaven, not burning up, but they're on fire. And you know what they're saying before God right now? Holy, holy, holy. Like the angels that are seraphim on fire, that's the word they're saying over and over and over in his presence. There's something about fire and purity and holiness. And I just, again, I just feel it so strong. If you are battling and struggling with something, I just pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll let the Holy Spirit burn away those things that don't matter in your life. Burn away those things that need to get out and be taken away in Jesus' name. Let the Holy Spirit refine you thinking about a song we sang years ago, and I can't remember all the words, but it was like, refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy. Anyways, we won't bring it back, but it just made me think of it. But the new song's way better, all right. But there's power to it. There's purity and there's power. Um, how many followed Elon Musk in his um, not a flamethrower campaign? Did anybody see that? Um, and if you got one, call me, I wanna try it. You know, but anyways. He sold these not a flamethrowers that were flamethrowers for like $500, sold 20,000 of them, made like $10 million, boom, within minutes, you know, and they went, and it was like legally, he had to call it not a flamethrower, but it's a flamethrower, you know, and there was just something, how many know, just like every guy in church is like, where are they? You know, there's just something about power than like fire. You know, I remember when I was a kid, like fire was fascinating. Every kid like wants to start a bonfire. They're like, can we do another bonfire? There's something about fire. And there's something about this power. And after Pentecost, and after the disciples have experienced the power of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, timid people all of a sudden have a little fire in them. They have a little boldness in them. And, and please, no flamethrower Christians, all right? Yeah. 
campfire, bonfire, controlled fire. All right, let's go there. All right. But there's a fire to them. And they're like, who are these guys? What's going on? And they're like, these guys have been with Jesus. There's something going on. Do you know what moves your car forward? You'd say gasoline. No, it's fire. There is fire in that engine that is powering. Think about that. Fire is powering your engine of your car or your truck that's moving it forward. You know what's heating my house? Fire heats my house in my furnace, and it makes the whole house livable. You know, there's so much power in fire, and I'm just saying, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, move your church forward. I'm praying for greater boldness on people, that people that used to keep their mouths shut at, at their workplace would have a boldness on them, that students in their school would say, what's up with them? They've been with God. There's something there. There's a fire. There's a power that's there. And I'm praying for this. I'm praying that we'll say, God, we see these symbols. We see you, Holy Spirit. We see how God the Father is just inspiring this so that we could know you more. And Holy Spirit, we desire a greater presence of you in our church, in our life, in our world. We need more power to push back darkness. It was for them. It's for me. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's for you, but remember, it's for them too. We're trying to reach them with the power of the Holy Spirit to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ so they know they can be forgiven. Man, let's be a spirit-filled church doing all we can for the glory of God. So God, I pray right now that you'd help us to go after you more. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, we desire more people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you say you baptize in the Holy Spirit, and so that's what we're praying for. We're praying for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in our church. I'm praying for greater anointing for that to happen. I'm praying for miracles and healings and and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and things that will happen. People to be able to speak prophetically over situations. And God, we thank you for that. The power of the Holy Spirit for today. The power of the Holy Spirit for today. Help us, help us to bring this message of Jesus Christ to the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.